0: The Tea biz Podcast delivers tea news that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea nourishes and inspires. It is the most ancient of plant-based medicines, simultaneously energizing the body as it soothes the mind. Making tea is an art and craft as described on the Tea Biz portal. Intimately local, the $200 tea trade exerts global influence, employing millions to enhance the well-being of all. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. The tea industry welcomes the Climate Summit's Damage and Loss Fund as wealthy nations agree to pay to repair monumental damage. Solidaried Asia hosts India's first international small tea grower convention. Learn why Japan is expanding the reach of its national World Ocha Festival. Plus, South Asia correspondent Arvinda Anantharaman Arvind discusses managing director Rudra Chatterjee's vision of for rebranding Luxme Tea as Luxme Estates. More in a minute, but first, this important message.
1: What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Boga-Wanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia T Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka.
0: Delegates attending the 27th Annual United Nations Climate Summit worked overtime to reach an agreement to establish a fund to repair damage and compensate countries suffering the effects of extreme weather. Extreme weather events in 2022 in China... Kenya, and India lowered yields and harmed tea quality. Many small growers are uninsured and unable to replace losses or repair flood-damaged properties. Quote, this is good news for countries like Kenya that have been affected by climate change, writes the Standard newspaper, but complained that, quote, talks did not do much to address the causes of global warming, quote. The EU nations and the U.S. have long opposed the fund over concerns that payments will establish a legal liability for trillions of dollars in climate damage since the dawn of the industrial age. Still undecided are specifics on the amounts payable and a decision on which of the 200 nations will contribute to the fund— and which nations qualify as recipients. Participating nations publicly reaffirm their commitment to keeping rising global temperatures under 1.5 degrees centigrade, but have yet to agree on language to phase down fossil fuels. New language encourages lower emissions and emphasizes renewables as the future source of energy but does not specify enforceable emission targets. Delegates express growing skepticism around markets for carbon offsets that, quote, encourage secrecy, backtracks on the rights of indigenous peoples, and could allow the carbon benefits of some credits to be counted multiple times, end quote. Business Insight Egypt's Sameh Sukre, who presided over the climate summit, told delegates at the closing ceremony that, quote, despite the difficulties and the challenges of our times, the divergence of views, and the level of ambition or apprehension, we remain committed to the fight against climate change, end quote. Small growers from across India, Nepal, Bangladesh, Indonesia, China, and Sri Lanka in November gathered for the first International Small Tea Growers Convention in Kolkata. Dr. Shadidru Shatapadre, Managing Director of Solidaria Asia, said that more than a million small tea growers globally depend on the tea industry. He said that promoting long-term health, well-being, and environmental sustainability in the tea business should be a top priority. But the sector is facing a crisis because of persistently low tea prices, which are crushing the livelihoods of small tea farmers. Solutions can be found in technology that transforms low-margin commodity agribusiness to purpose-driven brands that deliver better value for farmers and, and enable consumers to influence the price received at the farm gate through supply chain transparency. Innovations in sustainable tea production can empower smallholders. In the early 1990s, small tea growers, STGs, that contributed only 5% of tea, now produce approximately 52% of India's tea, a percentage expected to climb to 60% by 2025. Sustaining the growing number of STGs is a concern as costs rise in all industry segments. STGs lack scale and are not well-versed in good agricultural practices. They find securing financing difficult and have not mastered the advantages of collectivization. Nayantara Pachahuri, who chairs the India Tea Association, said the ITA-Solidariad partnership seeks a holistic development of the tea industry. Overall improvement in the livelihood of STGs is commendable and attainable, according to Atul Astana of Goodrick Group, so long as small growers focus on the quality of the harvest and master good agricultural practices, he said. Tea exports are setting sales records thanks in part to outreach by Japan's Tea Export Promotion Council. Every three years, Shizuoka hosts a national celebration of tea, Japan's largest event of its kind. This year, as the four-day October festival drew to a close, the council extended the promotion through November in Malaysia. Sakai Marche, a farm-fresh digital marketplace for hotel and restaurant chefs based in Selangor, Malaysia, partnered with Japanese suppliers to showcase teas at a series of Japanese Week events. Sakai's mission is to help make small-scale farmers economically viable and sustainable through improved access to the $100 billion ASEAN market. The Export Council reports, quote, Restaurants and cafes participating in the promotion draw inspiration from the specialty teas imported directly from their specific farms in Japan by Sakai Marche to create limited edition food and beverages that fit naturally into their menus, quote. Ventures included a bakery that is serving sisi roll croissants made with wakucha organic tea, topped with sweet potato puree, almond, and kanako. The Brave Bakery in Kuala Lumpur also created a matcha and black sesame brioche shakwaleen. Coffee shop More Cohi used matcha from Yabukita organic mixed with espresso and ginger syrup to create a matcha latte and a passion fruit with thyme cold-brewed sencha. The Nipori restaurant created a delicate Nama chocolate dessert using white chocolate served with lychee tea or fermented tea aged for three months. Business Insight Japan reached its peak of production in 1980 with 61,000 hectares under tea. About 70% of production is now concentrated in three tea-growing prefectures. In 2021, tea was grown on only 38,000 hectares. Production dropped 15% in 2020 to 70,000 metric tons, which convinced the government to invest in boosting exports. In 2021, export sales set a record of 20.4 billion about 147.5 million U.S., up 26.1% compared to the previous year. The U.S. is now Japan's top tea trading partner, accounting for 10.3 billion yen, or about half of all the tea export revenue. Germany is a distant second, buying 2 billion yen of green tea, about $14.5 million U.S. Arvinda Anantaraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices.
1: India Tea Price Report for the week ending 19th November 2022. The Asian Tea Alliance, a partnership between five tea-producing countries and represented by the Indian Tea Association, China Tea Marketing Association, Indonesian Tea Marketing Association, the Sri Lanka Tea Board, and Japan Tea Association, met for the second summit in Kolkata early this month the alliance convener was Solidaridad Asia. Nayantara Palchaudhry of the Indian Tea Association was appointed as the first woman chairperson of the alliance. Speaking at the summit, the Indian Union Minister for Commerce, Piyush Koyal, said that there would be more attention on the small tea grower segment to ensure and to ensure a safe source of supply to the factories for tea production. In other news, the Ansari group in Assam has bought. 40 gardens from the Warren Group. With this, Warranty exits the tea plantation business in India. In tea prices, exports picked up in South India with nearly 92% of Orthodox and CTC leaf grades sold. Prices for Orthodox leaf was up by Rs. 10 per kilo. In Kunur, both Orthodox leaf and dust grades sold well, with prices slightly up from the previous week. In the North, Kolkata saw good, strong demand for orthodox tea grades with Middle East and the CIS countries active. Although there was a good demand for Darjeeling, prices were lower and uh, both Hindustan Unilever and Tata Consumer products were active. In Guwahati, there was good demand for both leaf and dust greens, and prices were similar to the previous week.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor.
1: QTrade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, QTradeTeas.com
0: Rudrid Chatterjee, the Dynamic Managing Director of Luxme Tea, has expanded and diversified the venerable 30 million kilo per year bulk tea producer into direct-to-consumer retail. Luxme, which operates 25 estates in India and Africa, has shortened the supply chain to deliver fresher tea, and now sources herbal infusions and inclusions for blends locally. South Asia correspondent Arvinda Annantharaman in Bengaluru discusses Chatterjee's vision for rebranding the company as Luxmi Estates.
1: In our last interview with Vidra Chatterjee, Managing Director of the 110-year-old Lakshmi Tea Company, He's spoken about adding retail to the brand's offerings as COVID brought more consumers online. Two years later, Lakshmi Estates has been launched as a retail brand offering a range of teas and a subscription program and seems to be a significant business vertical. We catch up with Rudra to hear about the rebranding exercise and his plans for it. Thank you for joining us at t Rudra. It's been a while since we last spoke, and in this time, Lakshmi Tea Company has gone through an entire rebranding exercise. Uh, do talk to us about it.
2: My sense is that there are two, three aspects to it. There's some right at the top marketing aspects to it, but below that, I think there's some layers to it. I always joke that this is a company that was born in some sort of revolution. Right? So we, we, we want to do something new, whether it's planting new bushes in Africa or although it wasn't part of Lakshmi then, Makai Bari going organic. So it has a lot of DNA of trying new things. There are a few aspects to it. Number one is, it's clear more than any other product. The tea is best fresh. But the supply chain is designed to make it as fresh as possible. I think that's something that we would like to start and we would like many other companies to follow to make the teas as fresh and have it using technology to the customer as soon as possible. So that's one aspect. The second aspect, which is, I think, even more worthwhile, is tea estates have become monocultural spaces. But it's important to grow other herbs, other things. For good or bad, tea is considered a good, healthy, hot beverage. And so if even a company for 100 years as tea growers, we have decided to say that, you know, there are amazing places that grow turmeric right next to Adawari tea estate. Uh, and that is high curcumin level. Frankly, we are not inventing any herb. All the herbs that we're using are the ones that people for hundreds of years knew that are good for, good for you. So whether it's turmeric, whether it's ashwagandha, whether it's tulsi, whether it's uh, masala chai, lavender, all of these are well-known herbs. But my goal is to source as much as it locally, whether from our own estate or but using farmers near our estate. So, African rose from Rwanda, turmeric from Adabari, using Himshagor mangoes, using Bondaraj legu. So, all these things which are part of our culture. And uh, so, nothing that uh, is just pure uh, flavor. These are herbs. And along with that, we've obviously uh, started our website. and One of the things is focus on the estate. And that's why we call it Lakshmi Estates because... No, when a company is called Lakshmi, we are Lakshmi Tea Company. That's the official name of the company. The brand is Lakshmi Estates because it's I want to say that these teas are from estates. These teas haven't been bought by someone and packed and sold. The second aspect is using the hand is to basically say our Lakshmi is the plucker. And it's our hand. And the thing is, when we talk about the issues in the plantation sector of the tea industry, I think a lot of it is. Solvable. I've said that in an interview to you before. If we can sell the tea, so if I can say that okay, part of the revenue, and that part should keep going up, will go to creating good impact in the farm. We've done more than ten crores on education within the TSTs, but we cannot. We do not have the budget to keep going higher unless we find another source. Of revenue, So I think all of it comes together, the monocultural aspect, the you know, freshness of the tea, the lives of the workers. So I, and I, I, I'm quite confident that we will succeed. The reason is, who doesn't want a better product pressured at a fair price? You see, the prices are good. They're not very expensive. But nicely packaged, you know, with who's or uh, loose. And we are not trying to reinvent what is good for you. You know what is good for you. You know turmeric is good for you. You know tulsi is good for you. you. We will find the best source of it. That is what we are good at. You know, going to the farm and creating the best source, making sure it's vacuum-packed and, you know, it's shipped to you very quickly. And um, that's one reason why we, because we are starting in the winter, we started with the herbal teas. We will add some of the regular teas also. But uh, we wanted to start the regular teas during first flush and the herbal teas now, because this is the time for these kind of herbs. So that that's my long overview of this, uh, what we are trying
1: to do. I think when we last spoke, it was also about how, you know, you were excited by the conversations you were having with uh, consumers via social media and the interaction that you were having. And that has really sort of driven a whole shift, isn't it, in how you're looking at uh, retail, how you're looking at direct-to-consumer and all of that. Absolutely.
2: The most important thing... Uh, is the difference between selling to an invisible hand, you see the prices on the screen, but you hardly know who's buying and you don't know how many steps it will go before the consumer comes. And I had said, I think at that time, even if we can sell 1% of our teas to consumers, we know. And hear their opinion. then what is it that they like and what is it that they don't like? Because sometimes... It's great to hear that you know I love the fact that Rugabano is bright I feel that it steeps at a three minutes instead of four minutes and that carries on to this conversation about Tulsi and turmeric and whether green tea will go with it or I'm absolutely open to experimentation. Only thing is I am enough of a purist, to not add you know, raspberry flavor or something to the tea because I like the tea as it is. But if it is if it is something which goes with green tea, it you know it, it is one plus one is actually not less than two, but it actually adds something and uh, to make it easily accessible to the customer. And I know that it is actually the money is going back to the farm. It is not uh, being taken away from the farm, and actually the flavor is being added by some corporation. You know that is you know that is bad for the industry. This is good for the industry. It is you know it is giving you know you know whether it's ginger that is produced excellent ginger produced in Assam, excellent ginger produced. You know the oranges of uh, Makai the lemongrass of Makaiwari, the ginger and the you know Adabari is from ginger obviously. Adha is uh, the ginger. Now, there's never the, the damage that monocultural crops do extends to tea estate so it's very good to have many other things along with tea and also create other income streams whether from flowers or honey or herbs for workers like we did we are doing homestays in the tea estates this needs an imaginative solution it is not a competitive solution it's an imaginative solution and you know it's, it's something that you know i would welcome everybody to try because it's something that we should all i'm not saying there should be one big brand there should be Several big brands, you know, do but all of them should be fresh from the farm to the consumer. Right. Like wine is, for example.
1: How big uh, is retail a, a part of what Lakshmi does now? And, uh, you know, what are you expecting to see? And also the addition of the, the herbal teas itself. Where did that come from? Was it, was it the whole fallout of COVID when the, the demand for such a kind of tea increased? Or is it the fact that you know you say that you had access to all these herbs and uh, you know spices and all of that, and it just made sense to uh, you know venture into that space? So, what was the thinking behind that?
2: So, a couple of things. One is even much before COVID, you know, growing up in a tea farm. Myself, I'm very keen on different kinds of food. So, I get like honey from monastery. I get ginger and turmeric. I get Red rice, uh, I get peppercorn. So I've never thought that tea estates only produce tea. Um, but, you know, it's the one is the commercial aspect of it, but there are many others. And now, as you were uh, certainly during COVID, one thing that changed is I spent all the time in the tea state not um, in the city, a little bit in Mirzapur, but mostly in the tea estates. So I had a much, you know, in some ways, it was a far more open interaction with all the people there. Secondly, I think it's clear uh, while, you know, people were coming and staying in Makai Bari, I could actually see consumers of Makai Bari staying in Makai Bari and telling me things that why aren't you doing, you know, mango with this and why aren't you doing And we started that and started selling it in Taj and then we started selling it in Bagdora Airport. And from that, you know, sample set of few people, it was very clear that this is certainly something that customers are appreciating and you know frankly even even though the you were asking about the percentage of business I don't want this to at all be all, all the teas that Lakshmi makes should get into our own packages not at all we will continue selling by the traditional ch- channels and we will sell auctions we are very as I said very grateful for the business um, and our prices have also been fine you know our you, know, you might have seen the Assam prices, the Rwanda now Kisubu and Rugapano is number one and number two in all of Africa. Mm-hmm. You know whether it is Makai Bari or the Moranti estates, and all of these are uh, making very very good teas. But it's important to think of this as a sustainable solution for the long term. I, I just don't see why we will not go straight to the consumers with some of the teas. It's not certainly going to be. Uh, People will continue buying the tea from sh- supermarkets mostly, but some people, you know, might care about something different and something that they really care about, and they might want to subscribe the tea. If They really like, you know, strong Darjeeling tea. They might subscribe it from us. So that's that's the thought. It's still evolving, by the way. It's not. I can't say that you know. I figured it, figured this out. It's just evolving, and I'm open to customer re- customer inputs and, and reviews and you know, my goal only thing is the challenge of this is am I able to ensure that we are not weak in the packaging or the delivery of the product? Because sometimes you know it's so rustic when you do something from the farm. You say, well, it's from the farm, but it's not the same, the package doesn't open properly, it's dripping or something. I don't want that. I want people to say, okay, this is a world class company making a world class product. But with the you know, all all the pluses of coming straight from the farm.
1: And what has been the response of the people on your estates, both the factory and the fields?
2: Fantastic. I, I, I mentioned I mentioned to you last time. It's you know we love talking. People, tea planters love talking. As you know, you've spoken to a lot of them. So this has given us a whole new set of conversations. And you know, people compete about the fact that customer reviews and what they liked and and you know. If there is one review on one website, you'll see a T estate manager like taking a photograph of it and WhatsApping it to everybody saying this is the comment from this customer. You know, it's it's actually great. You know, it's whether it's and, and also I think it makes a huge, you know, the more you put sunlight on work conditions in the T the more change you will get. And and it is important that consumers Understand that there is a cost to do. It. The money does not come from uh, anyone other than customers when you are making the product. You know, right. Right? the yeah. only customer you know every every penny we spend on everything is comes from the customers who buy our tea. Yeah. so we would like to make a specialty for really discerning customers, and hopefully that will pay for some better you know facilities and infrastructure also other yeah. than introducing the customer to a great product
1: right. So when you look at you know when you look at the Indian tea industry scenario itself today, given the kind of changes you've brought into Lakshmi whether it's in product innovation, whether it's in you know going direct to consumer and all of that, in tourism itself, um, what do you think you know what would you like to see uh, in, as far as changes in the Indian tea industry itself goes? What do you think it needs uh, in terms of solutions?
2: Being a business, student. businesses do well when they are pushed to the wall and forced to innovate. And the industry is in such a position today. We have been pushed to the wall. The way we worked over the last 50 years is clearly not working. Drops are coming down. Climate change is adding costs. There have been incredibly hot days this summer. And then we are having a lot of rain towards the end of the season. Now, it was an industry which loved routine. Wake up at 5:30 in the morning. Go out in the state. Get the packing rounds in seven days. Pack the tea and forget about it and go back for next weekend. That's not going to work anymore. There's you have to keep the discipline of the routine, but you have to add the willingness to change whatever you were doing every now now and then. That's how most of the industry is. That's how most other industries. Are. There needs to be some radical changes. For example, I think uh, I do think that. The government and industry should work together and replant forests in some of the it's, uh, it We cannot have this incredibly monocultural environment and with a lot of the forests having gone, the pests have increased, the climate has changed. So, I think uh, there has to be an incentive to do that uh, for the, from the government. But there can be some earning out of the forests. Whether it is from timber or from honey or from fruits or whatever it is, and uh, and we'll have to innovate. Like one of the things I always say that you know, it's, we need more women in the tree industry. You know, living in the estates. and you know, just re rethinking how this business is done. It's been just done the same way from. Maybe late 1800s and 1900s now, obviously there's been some changes CTC has come and some others. but you know the changes have been few and far between. you know it is important to realize that tea industry can provide jobs if it succeeds uh, and it is important for everybody to want the success of the tea industry. not just say that you know we don't care about the success of the tea industry, we just want you know the the entitlements out of the tea industry. that does not work and that cannot work. So that's how you know. It's, I think it's a big concern when you see many big con- companies uh, who have been fantastic in their history, how they have, you know, haven't been able to uh, continue. And that you know, we we need to sit up and say that you know these were very well run companies with very well run management. You know, the 21st century challenges are new.
1: I think I hear a lot of planters say that you know, but. Uh, we, we'll do everything you're asking of us but it has to be financially sustainable
2: but it's also our job to uh, think as management not just ask someone for solving the problems you know you know we every management has a responsibility to keep the business successful and it's not it's not it cannot be outsourced to anyone
1: in your opinion, how has Indian consumer changed? How has consumption changed? And how has the branding of tea within the Indian Indian market itself? Uh, you know, what has what I have think, you seen change?
2: I think tea is the best product in the world to sell on. Like five reasons. Number one is it's a habitual product, so you can subscribe to it. It's food product, so you can't return it. It's high value-to-weight product. It is a product you can gift. And it is a product that it doesn't matter what your religion is or what your age is. It's a good for you product. It's a healthy product. Maybe coffee also is an equally good product. But the uh, advantage that tea has, it has many, many more varieties. So in terms of being able to have um, many SKUs, small MOQs is an advantage that tea has over coffee online. And uh, and uh, also, uh, I haven't uh, said that the fresher the product, the better it is. So not only online, but online straight from the farm. And also, by the way, it's the most consumed product in the world when it comes to you know, uh, the daily consumption of any one uh, product, more than salt or anything. So all of that together, it is uh, it is a product which will uh, certainly makes a lot of sense online. But now the thing is, it may not. It may evolve significantly. Maybe the last mile may not be online, or some other aspects. But I think producers who are thinking about it is they are doing the right thing. And you know, we many of us will succeed, and many of us won't. But I think uh, the the journey, the trajectory uh, of this uh, business is to take this business from uh, treated like a commodity to a very personalized one.
1: In the context of Indian tea, what do you think brand Indian tea needs uh, right now?
2: Number one is, why isn't Indian tea available outside India? When I've traveled abroad, I rarely see packages with Indian tea on it. You see Italian olive oil and Swiss chocolates. Now you also see cheeses from around the world. But why don't you see Indian tea when you travel abroad? I think the key aspect is that certainly the supply chain to which Indian tea was sold, some of it will evolve. The same way the tea has been sold for a long time, just the way everything else changes, this is also going to change and we just have to figure out how it's going to be. It's not going to be necessarily the same. The positive side is, there's this notion that I used to hear that people, young people don't drink tea. That's not true. That's, uh, I don't know why that uh, gained credence. I think young people are Reducing consumption of alcohol, reducing consumption of sugar drinks. And uh, I think they're reducing consumption of plastic bottles. And so all of that, tea is agnostic between hot or cold. Like I tried this 24-hour tea, Silver Tips Imperial, Darjeeling. The best tea I've had in a long time. And it's completely different from the tea I usually have. But it's if it's if it's great Darjeeling tea, it is you know it'll, it will taste great you know, if you if you let it bloom and evolve in the right way.
1: Okay, that last question for you again in the context of the larger industry, the Indian tea industry itself. You know how how do you you view the domestic market, and what do you think? You know uh, how do you think? We can make those connections between the Indian consumers and the Indian tea producers stronger and more, uh, you know, effective. I think it has to
2: be through various ways, and there's not one Indian consumer, there's not one Indian producer. There's going to be different kinds of Indian consumers and different kinds of Indian producers. There's are you, the Indian consumer. There's one thing which is generally true about the Indian consumer: they they will. Uh, go after authenticity, they will go after good value, they will go after freshness and that is what we need to drive at. In terms of the Indian producers, the good tea uh, is being appreciated. Uh, Every year we can see that. The price difference between the best and the rest or the best and the top bessile versus the bottom bessile is a v-shaped uh, curve uh, so that uh, is saying something and we have to hear that customer some, what the customer saying and then decide how we how what do what resources do we have to take actions to meet the customers requirement there are all kinds of customers for all kinds of producers so we just have to the
0: right connection. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and T-experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.